everybody. Welcome back to Encouraging Experience Podcast, a ministry of Experience Church in Des Moines, Iowa. I'm your host, Dave Garza, and I'm really excited to have you in the studio today because we've got some special guests with us tonight. Before we get to that, as always, I'm going to turn it over to Abby so we can get some announcements this week. Join me immediately after service today for a brief meeting on Raise Right. If you want to learn about an easy way to fundraise throughout the year for our church, please join me out by the fireplace after service today. The outreach team invites you to participate in Undie Sunday, meeting a practical need in our community by collecting underwear, hats, gloves, and full-size toiletry products for Garton Elementary and Goodrill Middle School throughout the month of January. See Pastor Doug or a member of the outreach team with any questions. Come and join Experience Church at the Iowa Wilds Faith and Family Night at Wells Fargo this coming Friday night, January 26th at 7 p.m. Wednesday night is the last night to order tickets, so don't delay. Tickets are $15 plus the $3 processing fee per ticket, and you can purchase those through the link provided on the Church Center app. Next week on Sunday, January 28th, just a reminder, we'll be having our kids ministry meeting for all those who are currently serving or those who may be interested in serving in our kids ministry. If you would like to join us, please sign up at the table right outside the offices in the lobby. And lastly, ladies, it's time to get signed up for our 2024 Women's Sisterhood Conference in Clear Lake, Iowa on April 24th through 25th. We will have an informational meeting immediately after service next week, Sunday, January 28th, by the fireplace in the lobby. In the meantime, pick up a brochure at the table outside the offices in the lobby, or you can check out the Church Center app for more info. Registration deadline is Sunday, February 25th. That's all for our announcements for this week. Grab a bulletin in the back, follow us on our Facebook page, and download the Church Center app so you can stay connected and be involved. Hey, thanks, Abby, for those announcements. We appreciate you. We love you and all your hard work in the church. Keep doing what you're doing. We couldn't do it without you. So before I get started with our special guests this evening, I've got two exciting testimonies that were sent to me from two listeners that we have. Both of these are filled with compliments that I am totally not worthy of. So praise God that his hand is in this because this is God's. This is not Dave Garza's. So just praise God for all the work he's doing through this and that we're able to reach people and kind of get rid of some of this garbage on social media and get positive, encouraging messages out. So this first one comes from one of our listeners, uh, Mitchell. And Mitchell wrote, he said that experienced church and the power of Christ with his encouragement through his word and what he says I am saved my life. I have fought with addiction for half of my life and I had zero relationship with Jesus. After spending 18 and a half months in a Christian treatment facility, all I want to do now is encourage others that might be going down the road that I was once on. This podcast is so awesome and I love to listen to it. Thank you and God bless. Mitchell, thank you for those kind words. I, I, I am so encouraged to know that this platform has been able to touch your heart and help you in your walk. And you encourage me by your dedication to sobriety and relationship with Jesus. Amazing for you, brother. I am so, so happy for you. And I will continue to pray for you. And you just keep chasing after God and he's going to continue to heal you. And another one that we got 
was from a listener, Beto. And Beto wrote, I think you're very knowledgeable and wise with the things that you talk about. And it helps encourage me to do things that we are all called to do. It's only been a year since I've accepted Jesus in my heart and believed in God. So listening to your podcast gives me a better idea as to what it means to be a good Christian and to follow Jesus Christ. Beto, I'm totally not worthy of that comment, but I am so grateful that God has used as a platform and and an outlet to encourage you and to be able to help you with your walk. And your words of encouragement help me with mine. So thank you for these messages, you guys. I can't tell you enough how much it means to me. And it started off with just a microphone and me just being crazy in my living room. And look what God's done with it. So trust me, if God can take somebody like me and use me, he can use you. So just chase after him and figure out what he's got in store for you because it's more than you could ever imagine. So not to drag on anymore. Thank you for those testimonies, guys. Now, I'd like to welcome our special guest tonight. I have Wally Shea and Lena Shea, <laughs> Associate Pastors of Experience. <laughs> so, welcome, guys. Oh, thank you, Dave. Yeah, thank you, Dave. You're doing an awesome job. You know, I was just thinking as you were talking about encouraging one another and one of your podcasts, the first one really talked about that. Yes. But uh, I, I was just thinking about the end of Paul's letters, epistles. Mm, yes. Usually we just kind of skip over those. Uh-huh. But you start reading all the people that were involved. He was involved in teamwork all the time. Yes. And these faithful people, if it weren't for them, we wouldn't be sitting here. We wouldn't have a faith. Oh, amen. Yeah. Amen to that. And that's, and that's, I think that's a lot of what's wrong with where we kind of lost touch with that in the world. Yeah. They, Especially know, in our age. Yeah, well, and it's we we get in the habit of where we almost expect things from people, and we forget to take the time and say, "Here's your encouragement for what you've done." And Paul never forgot to do that. No, and what an example! Right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's just fantastic. Well, uh, without further ado, I'll, I'll just start, uh, uh, Pastor Wally, Pastor Lena, whichever you want to jump in here. But uh, for the first question, I just we've got your introduction in. Tell me a little bit about yourselves. Uh, where are you from? Where, where, where were you born? Tell me a little bit about your upbringing. Uh, I was raised in South Dakota on a farm, poor working class family. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they couldn't quite make it in farming. So we moved into a small town of Parker in the uh, center of the southeast border of uh, South Dakota. All my uh, uncles were farmers mm-hmm. uh, also, so I was often out there in the farm. Yeah. Uh, anyway, raised by... Uh, very humble, wonderful parents and family. Uh, went to Sioux Falls College. My wonderful wife, Lena, she's awesome. Uh, isn't that great? I can still, after 53 years, I can still say she's awesome. I, I'm, I'm so honored to be married to her. You've taught him well, Pastor Lord. Uh, <laughs> well, vice- you okay, dear? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, vice versa. That's right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Uh, well, um, where did you, where did you go to college? I went to state college for a, a year then, uh, and we'll get into my calling after a bit, but, yes. um, uh, then at, at, at that point I realized God had called me into ministry. Yeah. So I thought, well, maybe I should go to a Christian college then. So I went to a Baptist, our, uh, denominational, uh, church related college gotcha. is University of Sioux Falls. Oh yeah. In uh, Sioux Falls. Yeah. And, um, wonderful experience. Yeah. 
And yeah. a lot happened, and we'll talk more about that later. Absolutely. Too, but, yeah. Absolutely. And then uh, five years after graduation, went to um, Central Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Kansas. Oh, well, fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Youth pastor a couple of times during college, pastored as senior pastor, two different churches, and then concluded that we needed to start a church. Yes. And a different kind of church. Right. And we were charismatics, started in college. Mm. At a revival there. That's fantastic. Mm. Talk about the Jesus movement. I got got to catch a little bit of that at men's breakfast when you spoke. And that was a great testimony. And then we uh, came to Ankeny uh, to start the church end of 87. Yeah. And been in this area ever since. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Well, being from South Dakota, you're no stranger to this cold weather. You didn't get it? Cold won't stop me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Pastor Lena, a little bit about you. Uh, Well, I grew up in Iowa. Yeah, uh, near Fort Dodge, Burnside, okay. and um, that's a little bitty town, about a hundred people. Yeah, and we had a little bitty church there, and I had a lot of influence from from you know the church at at Burnside. My parents were fabulous, mm. and uh, I had a brother. He's passed away now. Well, so did my parents too. But anyway, um, it was a good life. Yeah, on the farm. Yeah, I was raised on the farm. And I just, I don't know, that's always a part of me. No, absolutely. That farm life, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Well, fantastic. And and then you said, what year was it you guys met? 70. Well, we met in college. Yeah, the first year. The first year, I couldn't date her. She was um, dating the other guy in her folk trio. Yeah. For the first year. (laughs) (laughs) And they broke up. The second year we came back, it'd be my junior year in college. And uh, a first kiss, fell in love. Well, we fell in love before the first kiss. That's why we kissed. <laughs> first kiss sealed the deal. And, and it's just an amazing uh, love we have. We so appreciate it. Don't take that for granted at all. And mm, Amen. Uh, so we knew each other for about a year, got engaged, and married in 70, 1970. So. Wow. Wow. And she went to Sioux Falls College. That's where yeah. we met. Yep. Yep, you both met in college. Yeah. Yep. Well, Sandy has a degree in music, and I minored or majored in psychology. So. Oh, I got you. Did any specific instruments or singing well, or what? I was vocal, but I did learn. I was also in band and stuff. And then when I taught, I had to learn more instruments. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I did band and vocal, and mm. then I also was minoring in art, so I also taught art. Oh, gotcha. I may have to pick your brain a bit. I've always really wanted to learn music theory and have never, I, I gave it an attempt at one time and it was all, it was like trying to read a German book. So I, I, I have no idea. Yeah, she would help you with that. Yeah. I was uh, brand new to all of that when I went to college. So I had people in the class that knew all this stuff and I'm Absolutely. sitting there like, ah, uh-huh. it was challenge intimidating i'm sure yeah yes well like i said i gave up on it i uh i, I quit that one <laughs> but i'd love to learn so uh moving forward in the interview here i've got well, what are what are a couple things that played a role as you tell me your guys' stories here that played a role into your in, in, into your call to being a pastor because because you know I, I i touched with pastor charles about this and i mean for me, it was kind of just dropped on me. I had no idea. And I know everybody's is different. And I always joke because I remember the pastor I was working with then when I told him, 
And I said, I think I'm being called to be a pastor. And he kind of looked at me with wide eyes and he said, you better pray on that, David. And he said, because I'll tell you now, you're not doing it for the money, son. Yeah. And I said, no, it's all for God. But so, yeah, kind of kind of expound on that a bit. Well, how did God speak to you in that? Right. Uh, going through high school, I had no clue to do. I thought of different things, including being a helicopter pilot, but nothing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, my uh, high school counselor suggested I just go to state school. Yep. Just take general courses for the first. Absolutely. Year. So I signed up for uh, Dakota State in uh, Madison, uh, South Dakota. And um, that summer, in the middle of the summer, uh, we had a um, evangelist from Britain at our church for special meetings. And in the middle of the uh, uh, the call for salvation at the end of the service, mm -hmm. uh, things really grabbed hold of me. Yeah. Well, I had gotten saved at 10. And I, I jokingly like to say, um, being raised in a Baptist church at 10, I had picked up on the idea that there's a hell. Oh. And so I thought one day, I thought, boy, if there's a hill, I want nothing to do with it. Amen. And so I asked my mom, I said, Mom, how can I get saved? And she said, well, let's set up an appointment with your pastor and went through that. And I got baptized at 10. Wow. So I was saved yep. and I knew it. Yep. But that uh, summer after high school graduation, um, when that call was set up, you know, for people to go forward, I was really hit. Something was really stirring to me, but I go, yeah. I, but I'm saved. I don't need to go forward. Right. So right. after the service, I went home, went up to my, my bedroom. And for an hour, I just go, what is going on? And I, I concluded God was revealing to me the purpose for my life with him was to become a pastor. Hmm. I remember leaning over the counter in my room going, God, I'm going to be a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, but that feeling, that call has always with me mm. and that, that... without getting into all the details after, uh, college, uh, I thought I was going to go to seminary, but God held us up for five years. Yeah. And at that time, uh, we were having a family had built a new home. Uh, Lena was in her teaching career and my mom said, well, well, do you, do you still feel like you're going to be a pastor? And I said, mom, it's totally real. I, right. I know. Right. It's going to happen sometime. I don't know when or how, but, you know. Right. And it was real. And uh, through a, a whole process, ended up becoming a pastor. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And now, so with you, Pastor Lena, did it, was it something that, oh, you know, he felt the calling or was this, was this something you felt called together? Or was this something that came along separately? Separately. When separately. I was in high school. Um, I think it was in my bedroom, too. I was just praying, and I kind of felt like the Lord was saying to me, not verbally, but, you know, right. I just kind of sensed in my heart that I was supposed to be a pastor. Mm. So I went downstairs, and I told my mom and dad, I think God wants me to be a pastor. And my mom said, but women aren't pastors. Mm. This was back then. Well, you know? absolutely. And absolutely. I go, well, I don't know. I'm just... I don't know. And my dad said, well, maybe it's a missionary or something like that. And I said, well, it could be. I don't know. And so I just, I knew there was something there. Right. So I, I wasn't sure what it meant. Absolutely. And so my thinking was, well, I might not be a pastor. Right. <laughs> right. But I am going to be working for the Lord somehow. That's right. 
So when I went to college, they told me, um, if you're going to be in ministry, don't take the Christian ed stuff because you're going to have to do that again in seminary. Right. Take something else. Right. Be good foundation. Absolutely. So I did the things I loved as music and art. So oh, wonderful. And that's and then been a fantastic thing to have in ministry. Oh, yeah. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Amen. I mean, well. And I feel like I was in ministry, even though I was teaching in a public school. Yes. I couldn't say Jesus, but I could sure pray for those kids that's inside. That's right. That's and right. I gave them as many pointers on life that I mm-hmm. could. Amen. Without stepping over Amen. the line. Amen. So, and then I just pray that the Lord would lead those, all those kids. I think about some of them often oh, from years ago. I could only imagine. See, I, I would see her teaching and I, she's a fantastic teacher. And I know the witness was there. Sometimes kids would ask questions and they could get into the discussion. That's right. But That's a right. very telling instance was uh, oh, yeah, a true. student came back, but a couple, well, it was two, four years later. And looked mm-hmm. her up, came into the school and said, uh, Lena, I want you no. Mrs. Shea. Mrs. Shea, Mrs. Shea yeah. yeah. Shea, I, I want you to know I've become a Christian. Wow. Praise God. So he knew she was a, a Christian. That was important to her. That's awesome. So her light shine in, in the public school. Yeah. And what was funny was he was one of my troubled kids. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and he about drove me up the wall half the time. But anyway, I remember one time. Uh, I made the comment to him when he did stuff, you know, in my uh, band lesson. And, and I said, I don't care if you fly off a cliff because he wanted to go to the bathroom. Uh, go, you know, we only had a 15 minute lesson. Well, he right. comes back. And then I said, OK, I want to tell you, I'm sorry I said that because I would really care if you flew <laughs> off a cliff. I don't want you to. But and he anyway, it's so funny because later when he was talking to me and introducing his wife, uh-huh. this was few years after that and then he said um i told him i said or she said oh i've heard all about you and i said oh dear and she said no it was good and i said oh then he never told you about the time when i told him he could fly off a cliff and she goes no i don't know that <laughs> and then he said to me oh i didn't remember that's what you said i remember the apology oh uh-huh. isn't that interesting yep. And him, yeah. Him. yeah and then it's so funny you know just a little touch on on ministering and and how we, I, I had spoke about this a couple of weeks ago in a message that sometimes, you know, isn't it funny how we think we have to search and find perfect words and sometimes just our example that we set oh, yeah. volumes yeah. and can, and so, you know, you weren't able to go and minister, so to speak, through your words, but through your actions and your love. I mean, it revealed it to them and, and, yeah. and look at the impact it made. You know, it's so amazing how God can work and how we overthink things. You know, am I saying the right thing? Am I doing it? Absolutely. You know, you know I, right. we cannot think enough on grace. You mm. know, just we have to trust God is going to cover all of our works, oh. everything we say or do. Praise I God. mean, we try, yeah. of course. Mm-hmm. Then you just got to trust it to God's grace to take it and use it. Mm. To his yes. Give, yes. It, give it to Jesus. And there's all kinds of grace there. That's what one. Oh, that's Bella yeah. told me one time, and I remember that very clear. Uh, absolutely, that's yeah. why I try to pour it out in abundance because I know I'm right. it in daily yeah. by the gallons. I tell people that all the time. Isn't that freeing, though? I mean, oh, we don't have to be perfect. We that's don't have right. to be real strong. That's right. Yeah. His His grace and His love is sufficient, and yeah. that's that's something that I I just 
pray that everybody can focus on. Well, that's amazing. And and getting those callings and kind of like you said, I kind of experienced a little bit what you were mm-hmm. speaking, where even after feeling that burning, that calling, and you felt you knew that you were called, it didn't go away. And that's where I kind of felt it was the confirmation, mm-hmm. you know, like the Holy Spirit just staying on me, like I'm not letting you be distracted. This is what you're called to do. You know, and that's the way I've learned to kind of discern things. Yes. Uh, if you have a feeling or a thought and you question if it's God, give it a little bit of time, come yes. back and see. But yeah, when it just is solid with you all the time, that's, that's, that's right. Good, good and, and that's what I try to tell folks too. Well, how do you know it's from God? Because God won't change his plan. No. His will for you will not change. So he's not going to tell you one thing and go against it, you know? No. And, and anyway, so yeah, that's just, that's such a testimony to how the Holy Spirit can grab a hold of you and uh, this is what you're doing, right? <laughs> yeah. So I hope you get a hold of it. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Uh, what are uh, what are a couple things that, uh, or or who were some of the people in your life, you know, that were influences? That 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 because you know I had specific influences. Today I have influences that still encourage me. But what were some of those in that time to getting the call and even influences today? Now, people ask that question, you know, who was the influence in your life? I was thinking on that. And what I've concluded was it was really my mom. Yeah. Along with my dad. Um, um, Lena's folks were the same way. Yeah. Hardworking people, um, honest people. For instance, when we had to give up the farm, move to town, dad yeah. got a job at an implement company. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember Saturday night. Walking downtown, a big fire came up. The implement company burnt it to the ground. I found out as an adult later on that dad lost his job because the owner demanded that he falsify the report and send a lot more equipment inside that building than there was. Mm. He refused to lie, so he lost his job. So he had to go look. And same kind of thing happens. Lena's folks, she can tell you. Oh, goodness. But uh, I was raised at a time I was... Born four years after uh, the war was over, World War II. Mm-hmm. And my mom and dad were both raised through the 30s. Mm. Mom was one of eight siblings. On My grandpa and grandma had an 80-acre farm. Not a speck of green in the whole place. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, the 30s were horrendous. Oh, um, yes. She would walk a mile and a half to the country school, and all they might have for a lot of times was just large sandwiches. Yeah. yeah. So lots of things about that. And that. Those stories, those things get kind of ingrown, they're ingrained into you. Absolutely. But my folks were very uh, honest, hardworking, faithful people. Uh, very, very basic uh, Baptists. They weren't real religious, but they're real decent people. And behind all that, my mom was German Mennonite. My dad was Irish Catholic. Mm. He came from a uh, dysfunctional Catholic family. He, uh, they were just like holiday, you know, Catholics. Yep, absolutely. And uh, he had five father figures in his life. He had no real good raising, but uh, he did quite well considering. Right. My mom, uh, but they both only had eighth grade graduation. Uh, it was all the further schooling they had. Yeah. Uh, they were both out on their own after that because... Mm. Families couldn't or wouldn't support them. Right. And my mom, uh, so she was on her own after that. And uh, 
she was very she was raised German Mennonite, not colonial type. Right. But right. when the forefathers came, they couldn't get enough land together to be a colony. Right. And uh, so they were like independent farmers. But um, she was very stoic, had that German side. My mm-hmm. dad had that emotional side. It made for kind of an interesting mix. I, I can imagine. <clears throat> right, it did. But behind all that, uh, my mom's side of the family, the for, uh, forefathers, came over from the Ukraine in 1875. Oh, wow. Uh, because things were getting bad. There's a yeah. whole story there with the Mennonites and all that. But they came to South Dakota in our area um, in 1875, came up the riverboat to Yankton, picked out a piece of a square yeah. on the, the land map. Absolutely. Got supplies, drove 90 miles north with a, a wagon and cattle. And one story goes to one of the relatives. Uh, they were driving over the open pla- uh, prairie. Mm-hmm. Remind you, they they came from established villages in U- absolutely in the UK uh, Ukraine. And he pulled the wagon to a stop because there was a stake on the ground uh, with a number on it. And she said, "John, why have you stopped?" He goes, "We're home." Oh wow! And she's a broke down ball. Yeah, but they turned the wagons over, started cutting sod. Mm. And how they ever survived South Dakota winters, which is phenomenal. Yeah. So they were here for religious conven- uh, convictions. They're the pine, uh, pilgrims in their own yeah. right. Yeah. And that that whole background, all of that, you comes into you. You hear of all the yes. family stories, and so it gets ingrained in you. And uh, more is caught than taught a lot of times, you know, and that. That kind of stuff is part yep. of my character. Yes. So we appreciate everything we've got. That's we don't right. take it for granted. Not like That's AOC right. who says, this younger generation yeah. is uh-huh. the hardest generation has ever been. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we're kind of opposite that. Yeah, but, um, absolutely. Good basic uh, working family. And uh, they did a lot for me in my life. They sacrificed a lot. Mm-hmm. I can just leave it at that. So. All right. All right. Some influences you might have had? My folks, your folks. Yeah, Yeah. very much so. They were very positive. Yes. And I think a lot of that just had to do with their faith. Oh, absolutely. They were definitely love the Lord. And so no matter what happened, and there was a lot of stuff that happened that was hard. Um, Like one time when my dad's back was so bad that he ended up in the hospital. Right. The neighbors came and harvested. Mm. You know, and so in the midst of all of that, instead of concentrating on all the pain and yes. all that, my dad is just so thankful. Absolutely. For the people coming around and, Absolutely. and doing that for him. And I see that, I, you know, as neighbors coming to help. That That's was, right. That was a big deal. Yes. And, but both of my parents were very strong, very strong. My mom was a little dinky thing, but boy, <laughs> could, she was Feisty when she needed to be. So, yeah, she went into meat. Uh, she was a meat inspector on yep. her later end of life. So she worked on the kill floor with a whole bunch of men. And she's like five, two, uh-huh. all these knives. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. <laughs> and I bet those men listened. Well. <laughs> they got those big, sharp knives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she'd have to. She'd have to. Stop the whole plant because of some infected beef coming yeah, in. Her yeah, it was. Yeah, it was challenging. Yeah. But I look at that as what an example to me 
to no matter what it is, you can do it. That's right. That's you know, right. God will help you do it. If you're supposed to do it, you can do it. Amen. So uh, she was the first woman meat inspector of the time, and wow. at least in our area. Yep. I'm not sure how far that went, but anyway, um, they were a huge influence. And then our little church, we had a little country church that the pastor and his wife, Reverend and Mrs. Bloomhagen, were very impacting on my life. That's wonderful. So, yeah. That's wonderful. No, and that's, and I mean, it, how, you know, you guys have both touched on, you know, your families being farmers and, and coming yeah. up from that. Um, it, that it, 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 so uh, I can relate to a point like my great grandfather was, you know, he was with Jasper County City Council and was a farmer and sold seed for Pioneer and, oh. and had acres. And my grandparents and their farm was right out here outside of Prairie City. And, yeah. You know, the the stuff you talk about, that work ethic, that the, those are things that were they're implanted in you and they really do. It, it's it's and I agree, even though, you know, I'm a, uh, I'll be 40 years old this year. So but most people, even my age in these generations like to talk about how tough they've got it. And I just I can't buy it. I can't I can't I can't get on that because I was raised by hardworking men. Right. And, and, you know, with those family values and it's, it's so amazing how those play such, such a deep impact in your life. Yeah. And most of the time you don't even realize it until, until you do get older. You right. know, I can't, sure. how many times I've called my dad and said, you know, I really appreciate this, yeah. you know, well, yeah. 25 years ago, I, I told him he was wrong and didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> you know, I had all the answers. Uh -huh. Just ask me. I yeah. Yeah. But but, so anyway, it's just amazing how those things play such a big part oh, in yeah. our lives. Yeah. And, and uh, even in the faith being wrapped up and that, that, that bringing you up and how God, I truly believe, you know, we have that he has got a plan for you from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. you know, with, with, as you said, with the, it wasn't just a direct Christian upbringing yeah. and, and, and still look at where God put you. And, and it's so amazing. And I was pulled on both sides of the fence myself, you know, uh, one side, very Catholic family, the other side, Pentecostals. I would, so I understand. And, and it's so amazing how God has just taken both of your lives and put them together. And so we, we've got you guys, you guys met in college and you were talking a little bit about some youth pastoring and your calling, things like that. What ultimately led you to open Bible churches? Well, I remember, uh, understand that I was a committed Christian. Um, I would read the Bible daily, and um, I was a solid Christian. And I remember at a, a dance in the student union on a Friday night, there were other pre-seminary students there, and we were talking. Yeah, yeah. And the discussion was, how do we take the miracles of the Bible? Mm. Were they allegories? Were they just stories told to make a point? Right. How literally true were they? That type of thing. And then uh, one day uh, in the cafeteria, I sat down across the table from a Jesus freak type of kid from yep. the Kansas City. Yeah. And I think at the time he was the only charismatic on the campus. Oh, wow. His name was Charlie Garriott. 
And we began talking, and he started telling me about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Mm. I just started laughing. Yeah. Not out of skepticism. Well, right. It's just out of amazement. Absolutely. And I go, if, if this is really so, well, let's study it. Because Lena and I were leading the campus Bible study at the time. Okay. We had gotten married that, that August before yeah. college started. I was in my senior year. So we went around putting up uh, signs on the Baptist campus, speaking in tongues, Thursday night Bible study. <laughs> we had no idea it was controversial. Know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then um, we heard that some kids at Augustana College, about four blocks separated the two colleges. Yeah. We were Baptists. They were Lutheran. They were twice as big. They were two to 3,000 yeah. in size. And they said, we heard you're going to have that. Could we join you? Go well, sure. Uh huh. So, well, let's get a place off campus between. So, we made uh, arrangements to meet in a place appropriately called the upper room. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then we said, well, it'd be good if somebody knew something about it. And a friend of ours said, I think I know two guys. So, they came that night and they begin talking about something I never heard of, which I thought was surprising. Yeah. Baptists should be expert in. Everything talking about Baptist ah, baptism. Right. Oh yes, but they yes. were talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Oh, and I had heard over that previous year two, if not three, sermons by Baptist pastors saying we need power in the church. Yes, and I go, well, this sounds like that's what we need. <laughs> that's the power. Yeah. And so for an hour and a half, they taught and we asked questions, and at the end. They said, well, we're done now. Uh, anybody wants to leave, feel free to leave. Anybody wants to stay and watch, feel free to stay and watch. If anybody wants to receive it, raise your hand. Right. But Lynn and I go, yeah, oh, we yeah. we're in. We yep. And others did. And so they started praying with us, and we came into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We started speaking another language. To me, it was like a Polynesian-like right. language. It, started, it felt like. And we both came into it. And I had a vision that I, I would relate to the end times kind of mm, thing. Yeah. And uh, the way I described the baptism of the Holy Spirit to a committed Christian already. Right. It was like I walked through a whole new doorway into a whole new realm. Yeah. It's like everything opened up for us. Oh, absolutely. It just, holy. And so I began thinking, well, if we experienced a biblical miracle today, hmm. as they did 2,000 years ago, then why should I not believe that all these other Bible stories that are recorded are not exactly that way? Oh, come on. So the Bible became wholly alive. Yes. Wholly trustworthy. Yes. It's the word of God. We started devouring it. And back then we had mm. bell-bottom jeans. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Inside of our bell-bottom jeans to put in, um, you know, our New Testaments. And um, we would go to campus. We'd carry our big Bibles. We'd open up on the cafeteria table we would talk openly about jesus yeah and and um we would begin praying i had never prayed more than four or five minutes right right yeah and that and i remember after that uh, a couple weeks after that lane and i we came home to our little apartment off campus and we got down by the sofa after lunch and we started praying i looked up at the clock we hadn't fallen asleep we had been praying for over two hours. Oh, wow. My jaw just dropped. Uh-huh. And uh, so the Bible became very alive. Yeah. 
praying became totally intimate and real. Yes. And then kids uh, that couldn't be there that night, they said, um, well, Wally, what, what happened? We couldn't come. We had to work. We said, well, let's just do it again. Set up another meeting. Yeah. Saturday, they had that meeting. And after that, it just took off and had a life of its own. Oh, praise God. And it spread throughout the whole campus. Wow. To, and Augustana. And Augustana campus. Mm. And miraculous things began <laughs> knocking my headphones off. No, you're miraculous right. things start happening. Yes. And, but the most uh, miraculous was because um, every other day we hear some dramatic uh, salvation. Oh, yes. That would yes. take place. Yeah. And I don't know, Lane, if you want to share some things during that time, too. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> but but there, yeah, there, there were yeah. Um, signs of wonder. Well, yeah. it was Charlie Garriott, for instance. Yeah. The guy that I first talked with. Yes. I don't know how he ended up down in the county jail <laughs> as a visitor. <laughs> yeah, he was. And, uh, yeah. yeah. I surmise he was dating an Indian girl from the reservation at the time. Yeah. I think they got married later on. And but anyway, he was down to county jail ministering to a Sioux Indian girl who had gotten in trouble, was in jail, and with her mom was mm. there uh, visiting yeah. too. Yeah. So he was talking with her, witnessing to her, and then he said, "Well, let's let's just pray." And so he started praying, but he started praying in tongues. Mm. And when he was done, they looked at him and they said to him, "How do you know the Sioux language?" Oh, wow. And not only that, you were using what the Sioux consider holy words that they would never share with a white man. Wow. So those kind of things were going on. We had, mm. um, we had kids getting slain in the spirit. Yeah. Yes. We, we had our, uh, my friend, a couple of my friends in the dorm, uh, they witnessed to a guy and he fell flat on the floor and he was frozen stiff with his two hands sticking up by his sides, pointing up. Mm. Whatever reason, right? It looked really silly, and they were going, "What is going on?" <laughs> and because he was mocking them before that, oh, he and another guy were just mocking. Mm. Jesus, you know, don't say, yeah, bad things about Jesus. And uh, he was that way for half an hour, and and they go, "What do we do?" And they said, "Well, let's have communion." One guy said, "I got some grape pop," and another guy said, "I got some crackers." There so, so they had communion, and and the guy started saying, "I believe, I believe," through clenched teeth. Oh goodness! And they gave him communion. He thawed out. And he accepted the Lord. Yeah. Mm. So there's those kind of things. Absolutely. Happening. Every other day we oh, hear of something like praise that. God. It sounds like he had himself a Jacob moment. Somebody <laughs> were wrestling. <laughs> Slam dunk. Yeah. Oh goodness, kid. Yeah. Oh, that's just amazing. But that kind of stuff was just phenomenal. And and is that what did you so deciding to go with you know because I know there's so many out there and and and. And not for any reason other than that's where we're at now. But what was it that kind of drove you to open Bible churches, though? Did anything specific or was it opportunity or was it in then I believe it was open Bible standard churches, yeah. correct? Right. Because I know that my family's been a part of open Bible since uh, the late 1940s, early 1950s. Oh, yeah. Wow. And, sure. and so, uh, you know, I know the history and but which. Personally, just throw it out there. I don't think they should have removed the standard part, but the word was standard. And I, I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, just what kind of led you to that? Well, 
overall, what it was, we were charismatic. Yes. And, um, but we were still Baptist. We were still but going we to were Baptist. Right. And yeah. we both, Layden family and our family, uh, were American Baptists. They yeah. were not what they call the hard nosed Baptists. They were, right. they weren't really anti charismatic. They were more ignorant. But there were a, a lot of Baptist people at the college that were very much against it. Oh, yeah. Which sure. we found out about. Oh, yeah. I can and imagine. our approach was, well, we need to be faithful to share the word. Amen. And, and you try to uh, be faithful to your heritage, to your church. And so, long story you won't get into, I question whether or not we should go to seminary. But God led us through seminary. Mm-hmm. And uh, I pastored two churches uh, and did successfully raise them up uh, in two American Baptist churches. And the last church we came from was Cherokee. Oh, wow. In uh, Iowa. Yep. And, um, but I could see I was constantly frustrated, not just with the beliefs and people that refused to believe. Right. But I found the whole bylaws the whole structure yes everything in it was totally opposite the way i thought the bible should be so i remember being very frustrated and i i was reading i think it was in colossians where it says jesus christ is the head of the church right i just put down the bible i looked up to heaven and they said lord it says you're the head of this church but i don't see it that way at all right what's What's going on? Yeah, what's happening? So for the next three, four years, I really searched the scriptures about yes. church government. Yes. And how and what I concluded was the Baptists had it all screwed up. They, yep. they had it all topsy turvy. Right. And and um okay, let me just explain this. I hate to get into it because it takes a little bit of time. But in the bylaws, the typical Baptist church or any typical congregational uh democratic style church. Right, right. I came to call it the five-headed monster mm-hmm. yep. because our bylaws read the pastor, first of all, is the head of the church. Yeah. Yeah. But he has absolutely no authority. That Right. Then the deacons, which the Bible says are to be servants. That's of the right. Elders, That's right. Uh, the servant or the uh, deacons were to be the spiritual uh, board. Right. Right. But they had no power authority to do anything. Mm. Then there was the board of trustees. Right. They were the protectors and the ones to watch over the building and the budget. Right. Then you had the board of Christian education. Then you had the wild card of a, a board of a business meeting. Uh huh. So I would come in, and I found it's typical of a lot of pastors. You come in as pastor, and you have your monthly meetings. And so you go to the deacons first and say, "I here's something. I've been in the community now for half year, year. Right. Here's what I see. What we can do." And they go, "Well, pastor, why would we want to do that?" And after an hour meeting monthly for after half a year, they finally go, well, okay, yeah, we could see that. That might be good. Right. But we have no money and we have to have permission to use the building. Mm. So now you take it to the board of trustees. Right. They come with an entirely different mindset. Their mindset is protect the budget. That's right. Building. That's right. We don't want any, you know, uh-huh. we don't want anything messing up the building. And then they would quite often say, well, let's bring the board of Christian education into it. And that's, I went through that process for two years to make one common sense, very biblical change. Right. And uh, then we finally had a business meeting. And in five minutes, you're supposed to explain what's taken months. Right. And then they hear we're going to spend money and use the building. And it was all voted down. Oh, goodness. 
And okay, and yes. to walk through the door of our house that night is just a clear revelation. Our ministry can never be fulfilled here. It was time to move on. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And yeah. and uh, what is held true for years, I don't know about real recently, the average stay of a pastor in America, in mm -hmm. a church, is two and a half years. Mm. And that's why. That's right. They get so frustrated and they think, well, maybe the next church will be better. That's, well, it's the hope. It's yeah. the hope, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. hope springs right. eternal. So I just thought um, I started to see the people aren't bad. They were frustrating, but they're functioning in this box. And they did not have any concept about transforming the church or right. even their lives. Right. right. And I had shared, like, with yeah. the end meeting about the miracles. I had preached for four Sundays on healing. Mm. That is God's will. It's in the atonement. Uh, right. The, Jesus, the apostles healed everybody that asked them. And that the Bible instructs us that we are to pray for the healing. And after having that for four weeks, then I had said we're going to have, if anybody wants prayer, mm -hmm. at the end of the service, three women came up. And then the next week I said, any reports from people we prayed for all of them came up with miraculous healings wow but the attitude of half the people in the church is oh well that would have happened anyway oh and i can uh -huh. just see there yeah and the bylaws limited us from doing anything and i just go there's no future here and i start and really started seeing clearly what the bible clearly taught yeah there's always uh, elders in the church. It's yeah. a single board. That's right. And you look at corporations. Mm. They have a single board with a leader. Yep. And uh, also during that time, there's a church growth movement. Yes. Where they decided, you know, scientifically, we, why don't we study our churches? Uh-huh. And they were concluding that churches that are streamlined with a single board and the past and board have authority to act and move. Yes. They were growing and, and, and moving forward. Absolutely. And uh, so I saw, a, and um, uh, Peter says, you know, let, let the elders rule well. Yes. And uh, Paul told, uh, I think it was Titus or whoever, one of, or Timothy, Titus I think maybe it was, now go through the churches we've established and appoint elders in every yes. church. Yes. And so I saw the structure was way different. Yeah. Because the congregational style of, of bylaws were set up on mistrust. That's right. And everything was counterbalanced mm. and you had, to, you know, you could never get anything done. Yeah. Could never so get anywhere. So that and the faith and all that, I just go, our ministry will never be happening in a denominational church. Yeah. Yeah. And so long story short, we ended up stepping out, finding Ankeny. Yes. Yes. Took place to land. And and is that is that where it began with Open Bible Fellowship? Was that was uh, originally uh, Open Bible Fellowship? No. 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 For the first three years we were full faith full um, gospel life fellowship. Full, full no full life. It's <laughs> <laughs> a long time ago. Full gospel life fellowship. And we did not want to be independent. Right. We believe in working together. Absolutely. And, and, Absolutely. and you need to. But And there's, it would take us days to talk about all yeah, this. That's anyway, right. That's right. So I'm keeping the highlights. So anyway, uh, we got along on our own self for about three years. Yeah. And then passed through Cy Collar, Cy and Pearl, awesome, wonderful, sweet people. 
He was the district pastor of Oakton Bible in yes. our in the Des Moines area, oh. in our uh, district at that time. And they came one Sunday morning to our church service and then invited us out for supper on Wednesday, mm. went out to a restaurant, and he slowly started introducing us to open Bible. Mm. Now, we had looked into assemblies. We had looked into right. four square. Right, right. And uh, we just go, nah, that's not really a match for us. Right. But right. when um, we came into open Bible, uh, we discovered, and we still feel that way, it's a wonderful match. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for instance, I remember, so Cy took us to Ivan Rogers, who was the regional um, pre- president at, at the time, or right. executive of the region. Yep. So we got together, and I asked him a question, because I, I found this t- typical way it would work with denominational churches. I said, what if we say that we want to, in our local meeting or regional meeting, we would like to have someone come in from the outside of our denomination, and uh, how would you feel about that? Right. Because I had had the, the experience. I was leading the regional evangelistic committee at, for two years in oh. American Baptist churches. Okay. And uh, the way, because I go, you know, when there's movements and things are happening, God's doing things, let's bring in those people. So I right. would introduce these ideas. Right. How about bringing in so-and-so, they're, they're part of this movement. Yeah. And then say, well, yeah, that would be good, but surely we have our own people. Uh, right. We could do, right. and it never flew. Yeah. And Ivan and Sai re- respond by saying, we believe in cross-pollination. Yes. And I found that to be true. Yes. And, and in most every meeting we have, they'll bring in other people from outside yeah. our, our fellowship of churches. And it's wonderful. Yes. And I found the open Bible leadership very humble, very real, very spiritual, very gracious. Yes, yes. I agree. And so I, I, I've said I think we are way more appreciative and loyal to open Bible than people raised in open Bible. Yeah. Because they don't know what it's like being not outside to have it. it, not to have it. That's right. Right. Amen. <laughs> Amen. No, it's fantastic. So we became uh, open Bible in 1990. Okay. And we have the charter uh, that we show. Yep. And it's on our yep. website, I think, now, too. But anyway, uh, yeah, been very, it's been a very good match. It's just been very good. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. So then when you became, so in 1990, you became Open Bible. So then was that when it became OBF, Open Bible Fellowship? Yeah, Open Bible Fellowship then. We changed the name. Okay. To match the uh, Open Bible. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm trying to think, who was my pastor? That, uh, Ken Gruen. Yeah. Been my pastor at First Church. Yeah. 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 It was right after, uh, 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 shortly after Frank Smith had kind of stopped taking the pulpit very, very often there. I know he had, uh, he was there for, uh, uh, Pastor Smith was there for when they, I had many eye surgeries when I was a kid. And I remember he had come in and done that while Pastor Gruen was, uh, my senior pastor growing up. Big shoes to fill. Wow. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, yeah. So yeah. 1990. So you guys, cause let's see the official, merge from Open Bible Fellowship into Experience Church now just happened in 2023. So that mm-hmm. put you guys, oh goodness, you were at, oh. 35 years. 35, yeah. We've been Open Bible Fellowship. Well, wow. yeah, that masters of that particular 
that is, that is amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that was fantastic. I actually, I remember meeting you guys. Oh, and this kind of leads into uh, uh, our next question for you. But I actually remember when you guys had come to experience mm -hmm. to use the baptismal. Totally. Yeah. yeah and that yep. was so neat. It we was, just felt a, so welcome there. And you did such a wonderful job of helping us oh, feel. Thank you. Very Absolutely. It That's all wonderful. we wanted to do was just, uh, you know, like you said, it, it, it's, it, it's all one family. And that was so exciting. And you guys brought in such a crowd. It was just, and I mean, who doesn't love a baptism? Come on. I mean, that's a, that's a time of celebration. Things. Me too. You know, the first baptism I ever had was um, in, in the church. I was pastoring while going through seminary. And the first man I ever baptized as a pastor was a 70 year old, Tall, straight, dignified, gray-haired guy, like a banker. Type, oh, wow. You know? Yes. And he was the first one to be baptized. We had like five or seven baptized at that time. And I thought, good for you. You know, yes. seven years old. Most older people will say, I'm too ashamed. That's I right. I didn't do this earlier. And now, and I, I said, the thing about getting baptized, you go down, you come up like a wet mouth. That, yep. You know? Yep. <laughs> It's kind of humbling. It is. And I is. thought, Mr. Board, good for you. You know, yes. that was a uh, a wonderful testimony that he gave. Amen. At his age, with uh, dignity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so baptisms are just neat. Oh, they are. Happen. They're so great. And I agree with you, too. You know, you get so many people. Don't get me wrong. To see a young person, mm -hmm. you know, especially you get children and, mm -hmm. and young yeah. teenagers, preteens who are who are like, I want to give my life to the Lord and I want right. to be baptized. That's, praise God, that's amazing. I don't know, there's something, as you said, when you see somebody, uh, an older person who decides, because like you said, right. either they're ashamed, they're embarrassed, or they're just downright set in their ways and pretty stubborn about it, you know? Right. And that's, and to me, that's just amazing. The, yeah. One of the first baptisms Beautiful. I got to be a part of. Yeah. Uh, we did it up in the Des Moines River, actually, and it was with our motorcycle ministry, and we had publicly did it. And we had, I don't know, six or seven men and women who were 65 plus. Oh, just awesome. showed up. They yeah. were at the park. We always held it publicly. And I don't know. There was just something about that. There was something beautiful about that. The message that you're never too far gone. You've never, you know, for people who have been through life without God. Right. For all those years. And then they may, you know, it, it just, what a beautiful testimony. And so 2023, Open Bible Fellowship yeah. decided to merge. Now, I can only imagine that that was a, a you know, 35 years is OBF. Yeah. You know, how how were you guys feeling about this with that decision to, to merge? I mean, that's a big move. Praise really? God you yeah. did because... Yeah. Yeah, it was a God thing. Lane, oh. you want to explain yeah. it? Well, it, it's been wonderful because we had felt like we needed to be doing some more things with the internet ministry yes. and all that. And we're just, the weight of the church was completely on us at this time because we're, we were getting smaller and smaller. Right. And right. Uh, it was, it was difficult. So, and then, I don't know. We're getting a little older, so maybe not as much energy. Well, for you know, about a year and a half, I've been telling the board, I'm ready. I, I, I want to be freed up from the head, pa head pastor yes. position. 
we want to be free to explore the internet. Play, play and all that yeah. yeah. And write and things like that too. So um, absolutely. When all of this, when Charles suggested that as a possibility and he didn't do it right away, it was really neat. He is so good. Oh yes. And, yes. And she's just, anyway, when he suggested the idea of merging, then it was like this whole list of things that we're going, how are we going to ever accomplish all these things? Right. And then we saw, there it is. And it just revealed itself. Yeah. And so, you know, we were, he suggested that we all pray about it, you know, for a week, just to make sure. Because like we've said, you do, you let God That's make, right. confirm. Yes. Yes. And it was just like, what an answer to prayer. Absolutely. And so we feel like Open Bible Fellowship isn't gone. No, mm-hmm. no. And our people, I feel, are being energized. Mm. Yeah. And they're able to, um, well, experience more now. Yes. In experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the precipitating uh, so things that really brought it about our board had been praying about it and talking about it for yeah. about a year and a half. Right. Because we sensed something was needing to change. And um, the building we were in was never conducive to Ankeny. To, it, it was an old church building. Yeah. And it was never conducive. People come up and see this is the happening place. Right. We were a very open church. Right. But it looked like we were an old, uh, you know, traditional church. Right. Right. So I was never happy with the building. But anyway, what happened, um, and we had had, within the last two years, some real severe problems with the building that yeah. really caused problems for us. Hey, you guys' basement. Now, I'll tell you what. Whoever set up that youth area, that was cool. That was cool. I, I know when we came to help you guys with the whole move thing, that was that was a neat that was neat. And yeah. your sanctuary was beautiful. It was the vaulted yeah. ceilings, the the wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would say one of the things we really believed in, we tried to work on as teams. And to our surprise, our most effective team, we started a decor team. Oh, yeah. And people really liked that. And they said, how can we transform this? And they did a lot of work because we stepped into that place. It was such a mess. Yeah. And they did really well with what we had. But anyway, one day, got a call from the landlord, and yeah. he said uh, uh, he could no longer get insurance on the building. Mm. And I go, what? Well, that means how well are we insured? I mean, we had <laughs> renter's insurance always. Right. And then he said, well, he wanted to do some construction in it, and it was going to totally rip up our sanctuary, make multiple messes. Oh, goodness. And I came out of the office. I told Lane, I said, you know what? We're out of here. Mm. So we called for a board meeting. Board yeah. 100% agreed. Yeah. And we just all, it was time. Yeah. But we didn't know where we were going to go, but we made the decision. Uh, August By August 1st, it was in March, I think. By August 1st, we're going to be out of here. Our, our contract right. will be done. Right. And so that made an interesting experience of saying we're being called out, not knowing where we're going. Mm, that's right. And uh, And so for two weeks, we're left going, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We got a lot of stuff. What are we going to do with All this? All right. Yeah. Right. It's big decisions. To and make. Uh, we had visited Experience Church. It's the closest open Bible church to us. And and uh, we knew what you guys were trying to do. Yeah. So we called Pastor Cole and said, maybe you invited him up and walked through the building. And I said, you know, this is our situation. Uh, we will either give you the stuff or store it. 
whatever, but um, we'd rather give it away than sell it or just right. ignore it. Right. And so the more we talked, uh, this whole idea of merging came about. Right. And uh, I preached the one Sunday there and explained, uh, I, I counted a list of 24 issues that this answered for us. Oh, wow. A real big one for us. Yes. Like I said, we believe in being faithful financially to designated monies. That's right. That's right. A lot of people had given a lot for us to have a building. Right. Right. Because we, we had uh, bought and paid for uh, six acres of land right off the interstate, off of First Street, the yes. best location you can get. And um, we had it sculpted. Mm. Major thing that God did with that, uh -huh. get it all ready to build on. Yes. But even with that, it was still going to cost us a million dollars just to build the first 5,000 square foot building on it. Right. For right. a small church, mm. no bank was going to lend that money right. for the payments. Right. So that had been hanging on us for years. We couldn't get over that hurdle. Right. But then as, as we talked with Charles and stuff, we knew Experience Church wanted to continue building inside the building they had. Yes. Because you guys moved into that building about two years before that. Yeah. And you had a 31,000 square foot building. Yes. Awesome. 5,000. So I figured we can sell the land. Yes. Designated to get us a church building. And now we'd end up with a 31,000 square foot building. Mm. And we would be on staff. We'd be a multi-staff. But I, we would not be senior pastors. Yes. Yes. associate pastors we have a lot of freedom now to Absolutely. focus on the internet it's ministry. really neat because then we can always say well we'll just have to ask pastor charles that's right that's right, that's right. you got a problem that's right. like being a grandparent you know hey kids i love your kids we have so much fun with them we feel much certain that we say hey, your problem this is the guy you need to talk to we're gonna go get lunch <laughs> So, no, it's really been a blessing, but, and, and I spoke that one Sunday on the wisdom of God. Yes. Just marveled how God put all the puzzle pieces together. Well, you know, and it's so crazy because I remember having a discussion and I remember a pastor asking me, he said, you know, we got a open Bible fellowship. They, they don't have a baptismal. They've got some baptisms to do. Do you mind hanging out? Well, absolutely. You know, and, and hung out and met you guys and, and everything was just, as you said, I think that was just one small puzzle piece yeah. coming in. Because yeah. I remember I remember telling pastors saying, you know, wow, just they, they were just fantastic and, and everybody had such a good time. Oh, yeah. And it, it was just it was you even then, I think that was where I believe those relationships and that and that initial all that was beginning. God was putting these things into works mm -hmm. for you mm -hmm. and for us too, because it's not just that you guys were blessed. I can tell you now, and I know I can speak for Pastor Charles on this, that how blessed we have been having Open Bible Fellowship yeah, we come in. So. We believe so, yeah. Oh, it's just fantastic. I love the, I love, we've made so many new connections. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, so many of the men are involved. They've come into the men's stuff. The women are getting involved. In, and it's just, it's so beautiful to see. How well, yeah. And um, when we came into, into the Des Moines area, yeah, because I had been lo looking for about three years where we would land. Right. I knew we were headed for church planting. Right. And uh, Minneapolis, Kansas City, St. Louis, Omaha. 
all had big, what I call Jesus style, charismatic Pentecostal churches. Going. Right. Right. But in Des Moines, at that point, there, mm-hmm. there really wasn't anything. Yeah. And after we had been here numerous years, I started seeing there's a spirit of division in uh, Des Moines. Yes. That there, um, there's a lot of little groups around being yep. locked up to themselves. That's right. That's right. And then I discovered it wasn't just me because I understood mm-hmm. people said Billy Graham came in the 50s. He said, I'll never come back because there's mm-hmm. no cooperative work. Right. Going on. That's right. Yeah. And we helped our church and a few others help bring in Benny Hinn. Yeah. And I go, you would think that'd be wonderful. Very few Pentecostal charismatic churches supported it. Supported it. it. Huh. And I was surprised. And they were powerful meetings. We filled up the Vets Auditorium. Right. For nights. And it was powerful. So, um, as been pointed out, and I thought, this is going to the opposite. We're coming right. together. Right. Yes. We're adding strength to strength. Right. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. And, and I had actually told our church, I, in our church, as this time was approaching, I said, I feel like, you know, actually we're on a, we're on a downward spiral. Mm. And uh, Jesus said, to him who has will more be given, mm. and to him who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Right. And uh, I, I saw that happening. And you look at that in life, you say, well, that isn't fair. But, you know, any business you see that starts progressing, they can offer more services. That's they right. They can be more attractive. That's Same right. Same of churches. Yes. We were caught in a, in a downward spiral. And so um, I, I told our board, you know, I see that that, that needs to change. Yes. Amen. And with all this now, we're adding strength to strength. Yes. And and we can do so much more together. Yes, Amen. alone. I mean, it's just it's the Lord's will for the church to work together. There's That's right. Strength That's in, right. In all the uh, various gifts and people, mm. talents and ministries. I agree. So we're very excited about the future. What's to come? Yes, and I yeah. think it's it's there's so much that we don't even have a clue. I mean, oh. look at how much has happened in just the last year. Yeah, you know, from oh, yeah. from the coming in and what's gone on with with the building in Ankeny, and then coming in, and I mean, it, it, it's so amazing. You couldn't have thought this stuff up on your own. You couldn't have put this together. None of us have that ability. No, you know, it's been a we've called it a year of transition for us. Yes, because not only that, but at the same time, we have an acre lot, and we had a lot of ash trees. And this spring, I had to be really transforming the place later. Yeah. We spent weeks cutting and burning yep. because we're also getting the next. You can't, can't open burn in City of Ankeny. That's right. We had a real push. Our place looked so different. We planted a whole bunch of new ever, uh, arborvite green trees. And yep. Anyway, and then our, our whole office, in fact. And then also with all the technology. Yes. We, we had everything set up with Open Bible Fellowship with GoDaddy, but yeah. we're getting totally away from that. We're going to go to a whole new hosting plan, whole new website design plan. We've switched from Android phones to Apple phones. Yeah. And yeah. It, our heads have been spinning because we've just been, the whole year has been such a transition. Absolutely. But we're getting there now by the first of this year. I see where now we're finally, we still have a lot to do. Yes. But I see where I'm looking forward to it becoming a very productive year, 2024. Yes. yes. And the prophetic yes. people are saying more and more in 24. I'm yeah. telling you. And I think they're right. I, I think they are. Prophetically, I think we're going to see 
a very wild ride this year. I think so. I think I think we are. Yes, we are. I I, I think we're to a point where it's uh, preparation, but on the fast track, we're going to see things just Mm -hmm. happening and happening and happening. And and it's going to be a time where hearts are just changed. And I mean, praise God for that. And I I think it's so exciting, too, because, you know, if if we're truly going to believe and walk what we read and what we we the word of God, then we should be excited. Yeah, we We really should be. We do believe, like you said, that God answers prayers. Yes. Mm -hmm. A lot of prayers uh, have been going into the churches and for revival. Yes. Yes. And now Mike Martin. Mar, uh, Nortoon, our new president, oh, yes. called for what seven, eight days of prayer. Yes, yes. God, I don't know if you can always say it's true, but generally speaking, it seems like God works with a large elastic band. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. And I think in part the why why it seems so slow, why God doesn't respond immediately to every little thing. I think He wants to know if His people are serious, yes. and believing, and trusting. Yes. But the more we persist in prayer mm. and asking and whatever we do, looking to God in faith, yes, then it'll happen fast. Yes. And, and God, God can, and I, I know like the Gospel of Mark, it's funny. I don't know why I need to study that more. But in Mark, his favorite uh, phrase is immediately. Yes. And then immediately, immediately, immediately. I think we're coming into some immediately's this year. Yes, I agree. I think it's going to be exciting. I, I think I God's agree. really orchestrating things. I agree. I agree. And maybe it'll influence people to have the faith of, you know, just to pull it from Mark and Mark chapter two. Mm -hmm. Are we going to be like the four men who didn't wait for Jesus to not be busy and carry what we need and rip a hole in the roof and lower them down and, you know, right? That kind of stuff, you know, break the barriers and lay it at his feet and just say, here it is. Here we are. You know, something that's been on my mind a lot the last few months. I will be done on earth mm. as it is in heaven. Yes. And I go, and we get to heaven, we're going to have everything we need. Right. Everybody's going to be healthy and whole. And also it says we're going to rule and reign with Christ. Yes. And um, I, I believe our heavenly existence, our eternal life begins when we accept Christ. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I think that um, <clears throat> we can pray and expect we see heavenly, miraculous things developing right here, right now. Yes. I would say the one of the, thinking on my life and ministry, the thing I'm really hungry for, pushing for, praying about, is that we can live up to our full potential as the children of God. Mm. We are saints on earth. Jesus was very free in saying, ask whatever you will. That's right. And it will be done for you. I think here's an example. Um, we got a new microwave mm-hmm. uh, at the end of this summer, and it just didn't measure up to our old microwave. Right. We'd put a cup of coffee in there, like you know, the room temperature coffee, right. and for a minute, and it would still not be there. Right. So we thought, well, it's supposed to be under warranty. So we called, and a guy came out, and he did stuff with it. And it was also making some rattling noises and stuff. So he, <laughs> right. he did it. And then after a month or so, we go, this is lame. It just still isn't a right. car. Right. 
So we called him again, and he came out, and he did more stuff with it, took out the innards and put them in and whatever he did. Uh-huh. And then he said, well, if that doesn't do it, there's nothing more I can do. Right. And so we're approaching Christmas time, and my wife is so frustrated with it because it would say, like, you know, for a, uh, a pound of uh, hamburger or frozen chicken, you set this amount of time to defrost, and she would do that. And it'd still be half frozen. Mm, so it's yeah. supposed to take nine minutes. It said it would take eighteen minutes. Uh huh. Uh huh. And you think, well, there's nothing more we can do. We'll have to maybe. Uh, and I just, it just got to me. I go, you know what? My wife is frustrated with it. Uh huh. We spent money not only to buy it, but we hired it installed because I'd paid enough for chiropractic already. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I called the company again, and the lady was not real argumentative. She said, um, I said, well. I said, you know, it just doesn't measure up to what we used to do. And she said, well, you can't compare one product with another. I said, I know that, but you should be able to compare it with what it says itself that it'll do. And That's it's right. not doing it. Right. So I pushed and explained it again. And the repair guy came out again. And this time he brought the whole um, magnometer or whatever it's called, the, oh, the real yeah. engine of it. Yep. He took it out. He tested it. He said, oh, it's only producing like 700 watts. It should be producing at least 1,000. Oh, yeah. So he said it wasn't working. It wasn't enough. Uh-huh. enough. uh-huh. And so he he got a new one, put in a new one. Now it works. Now it works it's like wonderful. it should. Wonderful. It, everything works like it's supposed to. I relate that analogy to it spiritually. Mm. I think so many Christians, we just kind of accept what is. But I go, no, I don't want some results. Right. God has promised power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon yes. you. So I want us to push yes. until the church is full of miracles, there's yes. signs yes. and wonders, and people are getting saved every day. Yes, amen. So just because we're having some results, right? no, we, we need to go for the 100%. Yes. And, and I, I love to say, I love it when things work. Yes. Whether it's equipment that, That's you know, right. whatever the tool or uh-huh. equipment, I love it when things work. Same applies spiritually. Yes. Amen. So my, my driving factor is we got to keep pushing and seeking persisting. until we, and persisting. Yes. Jesus talked a lot about persisting. Mm-hmm. Pray without you know, ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so that's what's really on my heart. We believe it. Yes. It's been proven in the past. Yes. We're, we're not going to the moon. It's never been done before. You know, even mankind said, we can get to the moon, and it's never been done, and they did it. And they did it. The Christian church has to say, we've seen revivals upon revivals in history with signs, wonders, miracles, and the first century, the first church. Fantastic stuff. Yes. So I believe, because there's many more of us, we are a privileged generation. Mm. Never has been a generation that is so educated that we have right in the palms of our hands. We have every bit of knowledge. Right. We, we have a question we can ask the whole world knowledge bank. That's right. We've got it. We know so much about history. We of all Christians should be producing tremendous fruits. Yes, I agree. And so I think we in the church, we need to really believe and really push. I think the Lord wants to see that too. And I think if we have that attitude, we're not going to accept anything that's not 100%. That's right. What God can do. That's right. Then um, 
we're going to be that way. The Lord will fulfill. Amen. And yeah, we I agree. And I, I just, I believe and trust the greatest revival the earth has ever seen is coming. Mm. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yes. I believe and that's so. what we, we pray for and look for. And we're going to get in on it. Yes. We want to get in. Amen. Amen. I want to be out of here. If God would take me now, he's going to have an argument. <laughs> no, no, no. There is work to be done. With you. I mean, Paul said that he kind of felt like he had a choice a little. That's right. That's right. That's right. No, Lord, we're not done here yet. You know, we're we're staying until we see your fantastic. Yes. A real revival. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I I have really enjoyed this. It's been so fantastic getting yeah. to know you guys yeah. a little more and and being able to hear your hearts and and where you you know where you guys started how this all became right and it's just been so great and you know just to encourage you guys as we're heading out of this i want you to know that your faithfulness to the kingdom and your 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 labor to the lord that has been so willingly put out there we see the fruits in it and you know as you came in to experience you can see it in the faithfulness and the love and the loyalty and dependability of the people that came with you. And, and, and it's just fantastic. And we, we, it's so amazing. And it just continues to reveal itself in your love for Christ. And that's amazing. And, and so if anything, I can just say that just continue to be who God has clearly called you to be. And it's, it, it changes our lives. It encourages us, your story, everything about it is an encouragement and it builds us up as a body. And I just look forward to many more years of serving this with you and, and getting to know you more and more. And I, I mean, what greater thing do we get to do than to serve the kingdom together? Yeah, thanks, Dave. And uh, your theme is perfect oh, of encouraging Thank you. Yeah, yeah, we really, really need to, we need to honor, we need to encourage, yes. uh, because uh, the world needs it. Yes. You know, yes. if ever there's been a time of showing a contrast between people that believe and people that mm. don't, you know, the, the craziness speaks of the, the verse that we're reminded. Yes. <laughs> the fool says in his heart, there is no God. And we're, mm. we're hearing so many foolish things. But nice. I, I think, um, I don't think it's any big trick. No. It. All we have to do. Read the Bible, get to know the Lord, understand his ways, and, and just be That's faithful. Right. That's right. God will honor that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We got to stop complicating it. You're right. And, and I mean, we really do. And that's what we tend to do. Well, thank you again for joining thank me. Thank you, Dave. I absolutely love you guys. We love having you guys. I, you're welcome to come back and record anytime. Just let us know. Um, and you know, I know that you've got your web ministry that you've got, you touched on a little bit ago. I really look forward to that. Let us know how we can just work together and really accelerate this because maybe I could put a plug in. Yes. Hey, I just thought, Hey, we could advertise. That's That's right. Yeah. Well, over the years I've developed discipleship materials. Yeah. And the one book I have that, that is on Amazon. Now you can get it. Uh -huh. Called Foundational Christian Teachings. Okay. And it's by Wallace Shea, Pastor Wallace Shea. Yeah. But uh, I say in the introduction that a lot of times when someone comes to the Lord, they're left to get their faith piecemeal. Mm. Sermon here, mm -hmm. Bible study there, people sharing. Right. Right. My goal has been to lay out the very most important Christian doctrines in 14 lessons. Mm. 
to give quick but deep growth. Yes. And that's what that book is designed to do. So what we've been starting to do now is uh, I'm paralleling those lessons with videos. Okay. Video teachings. Yes. And so two years ago, I started, but I haven't had time. But now this year, we're hoping to develop them. Absolutely. There's about, I don't know, eight, ten um, videos on there now. Yeah. And so I looked through Rumble and uh, YouTube. Absolutely. And other places to find a common name. Uh-huh. That could be in every place and emails and Google everything. Right. And the one name I found that was still open, we, I could grab was called FYI about God. Okay. So if you go to like YouTube. Yes. If you go youtube.com forward slash and then put the at sign, the yep. F or sign, whatever, at, then type in FYI about God. Okay. It will open up our channel and you see all the videos there. Hear the introduction. And there's one long video I have on proofs of for God the Bible and Jesus. Oh, praise God. And I tell people it'll blow their minds. I, I my mind is blown by it too. Wow. I mean, I really encourage people because there's so many people out there that think Christianity is just another fable like all right. the other religions. Right. It's another man-made philosophy that Buddha or something uh -huh. came up with. But no, it, we, we have a high ground. Yes. Ever, if there's ever a time in our time of science and of education, and of reasonableness, uh -huh. to have a faith is Christianity. Yes, amen. So amen. I encourage people to get a foundation. So I encourage them to read that, to hear, read the introduction, then reasons to believe, that video, and then the, uh, the number sign is the head of each lesson that's in the book. I've only got about three oh, of those. Okay, times. okay. But um, they can start following that. Yes, praise God. Great. Praise God. Yeah, we're not in it for the money. We're in it for the disciples. That's right. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I agree. And I'm right there. Check it out, guys. Get on there and check out all of the, the, the YouTube videos. Check out the book on Amazon. And, you know, just kind of, it, it gets, gets you to get a feel for not only them, but their hearts and what God's done and what he's going to do. And, and and just get, get this knowledge. As you said, it's so hard. We got, I think that we... That, that was wonderfully said, how you would put that, because something that really just burns me is we have become so evangelical that we forget about discipleship. Mm -hmm. What is happening after they yeah. give their life to the Lord? We're honorable if we yeah. don't have a deep faith. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You know, you can, you can only, you only show it to them once. They're never going to learn nothing. But we have to consistently pursue a relationship with Christ. You never stop learning. You never stop right. gaining knowledge, wisdom, tools. And how are you supposed to apply anything that you don't well, I've know? I've been a pastor for over 40 years. Yeah. And my goal has been, I don't want people in my church not to understand things. Right. You know? Right. And, and there's a lot of things to understand. And I have the advantage of studying the Bible for, well, more than 40 years. I was a Christian for... 20 years before that. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no, we need to, we need to get into depth of understanding. And yes. I try to take, take my experience, take my understanding, condense it all together, get yes. the very best study I can put in for people to grab hold and have some real That's depth right. in their faith. That's right. right. Well, praise yeah. God. Well, thank you again for yeah, coming. Thank you, Dave. This has been just a joy. Uh, let me uh, pray us out here. Yeah. And join us next week, guys, as we're going to have 
uh, Jason from our church, from Experience Church. He is our head of our missions in Experience Church, and he's going to come talk to us about some world missions. And that's going to be exciting. So join us next week, and I will pray us out today. Father God, I just thank you for these opportunities, and I thank you for these two servants of yours who have devoted their lives to service to you, God, and and they're not pointing at them, they're just still pointing everyone to you. That's all they want is to just see that people are impacted with your with your love and, and, and that their hearts are revealed so that they can see the goodness and that just so much that you offer God, you can see the fruits from their lives of in a lifetime of service and as they continue to set that example, God, and we just thank you that you that you brought them to us, God, that you put that you put their church in in what they so many years faithfully worked for and brought it together and built it up to be even better, to make experience better, to make OBF better. That's all it was, God, is you just saying, oh, well, you have these two things. Let me show you what you can be and how much better it can be as you grow together and build together. I, I pray, God, that anybody listening gets a hold of this, that we're not called to be a church out there by ourselves. We're not called to just be a body lost in its you can't be a body without the other appendages, God. So just let these people that hear it hear how two different bodies can come together as one body and how great it can be and the things that can come of it, God, that when we just are obedient and submit to you and let you have total control, how it can wipe out all of the darkness so that your light can just shine among men. And God, I thank you for them, and I thank you for their hearts. And I ask you, God, that you just build them up as they come into this year with this with, with this web ministry and these videos on YouTube. God, just bless them abundantly, not for their sake, God, but for the kingdom's sake. To continue to grow and build, God. And we thank you, and we ask you to cover them in love, protection, and prayer. Every day, Father, in your Son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, thank you again Thanks for joining again. me. Thank Everybody, thank you. Join us next week. We love you. We appreciate you. And we hope you've been encouraged.